Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to get to today. So yesterday we were on the air when news broke that Claudine Gay is no longer going to be the president of Harvard University. And what I didn't know, well, I I think probably subconsciously I knew this, but today I'm much more aware of the fact that I only have myself to blame. Well, and the listeners, of course, and conservatives everywhere. This is our fault. This is our fault. It's all your fault. And I just hope that when you're sitting down at your kitchen table tonight, that you're thinking about how you plan on apologizing to Claudine Gay for being such a racist and for being such a bigot that you forced her to plagiarize so many times in her past and forced her to deliver one of the most disastrous congressional hearing testimonies of all time. Because, again, the only person who can take the blame for this, who can take the fall for this, is you. Do you have a mirror? If you're in your car, look in the rearview mirror and apologize. Okay? This is unacceptable. I knew that Claudine Gay was eventually going to resign. I didn't understand how quickly everyone was going to come to her defense and make her a victim. And this is what really drives me crazy. So Taylor yesterday, he was reading her statement, her dear members of the Harvard community. It is with a heavy heart, and she goes on to come up with a million excuses. And the part of it that, well, first of all, one part made me chuckle, where she said, amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor. Two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am and frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. So she she gave the media, the talking point, you know, that was her way of sending out the bat signal to everyone at MSNBC. This is what you will be discussing tomorrow. This is the the strategy going forward. But I love how she says it's been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments. I don't think anything's been cast. I think this has been hook, line and sinker. I think we can officially say without a shadow of a doubt that Your commitments, the things you claim to be bedrock values that are fundamental to who you are, you might want to check in on them. They seem a little shaky. This woman was accused of plagiarism, but what's getting lost here is that this all started with her congressional hearing and the fact that she refused, like the other two presidents, Liz McGill and Sally Kornbluth, she refused to condemn calling for the genocide of Jews as hate speech or even say that it's against Harvard's, you know, hate speech policies. That's where this all started. And again, I take full responsibility because I 
unbeknownst to me, I was the one who prepped Claudine Gay to go in there and say all of those things. But seeing the media... Well, no, no, no. Let me go back here. This is what I always do. I get ahead of my skis. And you know what, Jared? I got an email yesterday from someone, and they said, you've been talking really fast lately. You've been going really speedy. I don't know if you've been having too much coffee or what, but you should slow down. I'm always having too much coffee. That's standing headline. That That is true. That checks out. And I have been talking fast, and I've noticed it. And I'm trying my best. And I was thinking today, why am I doing that? And I think there's a couple things happening. One is that sometimes my brain's a little foggy and I want to get everything that I'm saying out before I forget. And two is that with a lot of these stories, there are so many layers of hypocrisy that you you almost become overwhelmed. Does anyone feel like that? You're looking at the story and you're going, "Uh, I have so much to say all at once. It feels like I could scream. It feels like. That's right. I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But to that email person, to that emailer, I have taken into consideration what you said. I appreciate the constructive criticism. And we're going to try to slow things down today. Now back to Claudine Gay. I'm reading this statement. Nowhere in here is there any admission of wrongdoing. And this is what drives me crazy. This, and I don't, I, you can call it a double standard, sure, but that's that's par for the course at this point in our in our culture. But I remember when cancel culture, and it's still going on, but when it was really, you know, at its peak, where they were going through like, uh, who was a uh, Kevin Hart's Twitter feed to see that he made a gay joke fifty years ago, and so he couldn't host the Oscars. Like when cancel culture was having its moment, Jared, when we were in the golden age of cancel culture, I was told it's not cancel culture; it's accountability culture. People need to be held accountable. There needs to be consequences for these old tweets that nobody saw, and some reporter from BuzzFeed dug up in their mom's basement after hours and hours of googling. And I was like, okay, sure, accountability culture. And it didn't matter how many times someone, and Kevin Hart's actually a good example, it didn't matter how many times someone like Kevin Hart apologized or said, you know, I've grown, I wouldn't write that now, or I wouldn't make that joke now. It didn't matter because accountability culture, when it was towards someone who this mob of left-wing geniuses saw as the enemy, accountability culture was, you will never work again. We will never forgive you. We will bring this up at all times. Any deals you have, any brand deals, any companies that, you know, sponsor your podcast or, you know, associate with you, we will go after. And we will do this until you crawl in a hole and die, basically. That was accountability culture. Now, this accountability culture, if it's being uh, weaponized by the right and used towards the left... They don't, the, the, the liberals don't even have to apologize. They don't even have to admit that anything was wrong. They can literally live in this alternate reality where they just go, uh, racism and, and yeah, it's a real shame and put out these vague statements about like, this is not who I am and this is not who we are and I feel really attacked and I'm the victim. Okay, I'll leave. Where's accountability culture? Where's the I plagiarized? Grace Curley didn't plagiarize. Jared Diglio didn't plagiarize. Claudine Gay plagiarized. And she won't even admit it. It's there. It's, and it's not because 
Fox News found out she plagiarized. That, that's not how the plagiarism started. Nobody had a gun to her head from like Free Beacon or the post-millennial and said, you need to plagiarize. They didn't go back in 1997 and say, hey, like at the time-traveling hacker, hey, make sure you plagiarize this so later, later when you embarrass yourself and you, your anti-Semitism is on full display, we can use this against you. We can use this to pounce and seize and weaponize and get you fired from your job at Harvard. Nobody made her do any of this. And now you have... All of these talking heads embarrassing themselves, tripping over themselves, bending themselves into absolute flippin' pretzels to try to explain how Claudine Gay plagiarizing is somehow racist. It's hard to even summarize how stupid this whole thing is. And, you know, we, we mentioned this before. Jared had said, like, this is their out. Like, she plagiarized. This is a perfect out for them. But even with that, that golden ticket of just fire her, she plagiarized, and you can say, hey, it's not our fault she plagiarized. We're not firing the black woman because she pl- because she's black. We're firing her because she plagiarized. Even with that, they manage to fumble the ball at Harvard. And they're like, oh, well, you know. And all of these people at MSNBC, oh, well, it's because of racism. And you can hear the racist dog whistles. You know what? I, I don't see the racist dog. I don't hear the racist dog whistles. I don't see the racism. So what Mara Gay told me, she's like, you, you can just see the racism. I see the plagiarism. That to me is very, very clear. That's what I see. And I wanted to read, which I never thought this was going to happen. But Jonah Goldberg, of all people, <laughs> Jonah Goldberg was responding to some of these reactions from the press. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples of these reactions because he's not making this up. These are actual reactions. The AP wrote, Harvard president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges. Plagiarism. That's our new weapon. I woke up this morning and I said, I know what my new weapon is. Plagiarism. It's like, no, no, that's actually something she did. And then here's another one. How a pro- This is from the New York Times, the old gray lady. How a proxy fight over campus politics brought down Harvard's president. Amid plagiarism allegations and a backlash to campus anti-Semitism, Claudine Gay became an avatar for broader criticisms of academia. No, she plagiarized. She plagiarized. Forget the proxy fight. That's not the story here. In the Associated Press, this is even funnier. Harvard presidents, so they, someone looked up their... <laughs> looked up their definition of plagiarism for their reporters. And guess what? They're they're actually not on board with plagiarism. It says an AP staffer who reports and writes a story must use original content, language, and phrasing. We do not plagiarize, meaning that we do not take the work of others and pass it off as our own. So the AP is weaponizing plagiarism against their own reporters. That's weird. But my favorite response was from Jonah Goldberg. And I'm going to read this to you guys because I thought that he really summed up this issue. I'm going to save it for the other side. But he basically talks about something I've been noticing for a long time, which is the story is never the story anymore. The story isn't Claudine Gay plagiarized. It's, oh, the Daily Caller reported on how Claudine Gay plagiarized. 
or, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson does a podcast on how Claudine Gay plagiarized. It's like, wait a second. Where's the accountability in our culture right now? And there's so much more to this. I mean, obviously, this all stemmed from her congressional hearing on anti-Semitism, which I have a lot to say about. It's our poll question today is whether or not you think Sally Kornbluth, the president of MIT, is going to survive this. She's the last woman standing. And furthermore, I want to talk a little bit about Joe Biden and the handling, the FBI's handling of these pro-Palestinian activists. It's a little different, Jared, than the way they handled uh, the J6 people. Do you notice that? A little lack of urgency here with the people supposedly releasing balloons at JFK to disrupt flight patterns. It's just a slight difference that I'm noticing. We're going to talk about all this, but most importantly, because it's your fault and you all have to call in, please call in and offer up your apologies to Harvard, to Claudine Gay, to DEI, to the DEI industry for being racist, for being bigots. This is your chance to uh, bear your soul and... I will try to forgive you guys. I will try to offer up some forgiveness for you. I don't know if it's going to work, but you can take your best shot. 844-500-4242. And as, as far as I go, Jared, a million sorries will never be enough. You know, it's like plagiarism. One sorry is just not enough. So um, to Claudine Gay, this one's on me. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. So I just went to the Babylon Bee because I was looking for this headline I saw yesterday. And their cover page right now has a headline that perfectly sums up the explanation that I was giving in the in the first segment that would have to make sense for this Claudine Gay excuse machine in the media to actually check out and here's the headline claudine gay claims white supremacists went back in time and forced her to plagiarize at gunpoint yeah that that that's the only part of this since it's the weapon of white supremacists everywhere that's the only part of this that would make sense i don't know if it's a time traveling hacker if Joy Reid can be reached for comment, if she could look into this, maybe she could be like Inspector Carr, Inspector Reid, and try to get to the bottom of this. But I'm not sure how this checks out. Now, the headline that I was actually looking for, if I can find it here, you know what, I'll find it while we take this call. Uh, Jerry, you're up first on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Jerry. Happy New Year, Grace. Happy New Year, sir. So um, you had mentioned before the break that for you, the drumbeat was plagiarism. And certainly that's a legitimate drumbeat, but I think we're missing an opportunity, and I think we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The greater issue here is this is a concrete example of what happens when you allow um, categories like diversity, equity, and inclusion to dictate who you hire. They hired, they, they hired a grossly overmatched um, individual who, who wasn't up to the job, and they did it all for the purposes of, you know, filling those 
checking off those boxes, for lack of a better phrase. And this is what you get. Yeah, and, and you know what? why it's... Jerry, I just want to tell you this. You're 120% right. And we are going to have Ben Weingarten on at 105, which typically I wouldn't have a guest on so soon after we had him on last week. But he wrote all about this, Jerry, because what he did last week was he wrote about how Obama actually made a call or, you know, he was talking to people allegedly about saving Claudine Gay's ass and, and trying to keep her in there. And so I'm reading it and Weingarten is explaining how. Yeah, of course, like Obama would be a a radical if he was on one of these college campuses. He was a college campus radical anyway, and he has a lot of ties to anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiments that lie, I'm sure, in his heart um, based off, you know, what he said in the past. But more importantly, Obama is a major, major supporter of the DEI industry. And this threatens that industry. This threatens that grift and he knows it so that's why he said you know keep her on and so we're going to talk jerry with ben weingarten about that and what this means for a dei because a lot of people called that congressional hearing the bud light moment and i see a lot of parallels not just because oh you know it's so bad for harvard it looks so bad but i see a lot of parallels because people looked at bud light And it wasn't just about Bud Light and the backlash and people not buying the beer anymore. It was about this ESG monster in the background where people were trying to check boxes. People were trying to be woke in order to please investors, in order to please the powers that be. And it ended up biting them in the butt. And this is going to be the same thing. It's a house of cards. A lot of these industries, they're they're propped up on BS. And so all it takes sometimes is one or two situations like the one we're now seeing where you get a lot of eyeballs, you get a lot of Bill Ackman's looking at this and saying, this is ridiculous. And Bill Ackman, to Jerry's point, wrote a 4,000-word essay about how it's not enough for Claudine Gay to get the boot. And when you think about it, of course it's not. He's saying the, the Harvard Governance Board should also get the boot. And I'm reading that and I'm going, well, yeah, that's actually kind of obvious because Claudine Gay didn't just land there. She was chosen. And so the people who made this choice, I would say, are just as responsible. If you think she's the best candidate, then maybe your picker, as far as who you think should be president, is a little off. And you know what they're calling that now. They're not calling it an essay. They're calling it a screed. Bill Ackman wrote it a screed on X at 2.30 a.m. Whenever a conservative or a common sense thinking person writes a screed, usually means they're onto something. We'll talk about that. And I did find the Babylon Bee headline, Epstein list hangs itself moments before release. That ties in. We'll come right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. The thing that really disturbs me is the unrelenting campaign from the right and from some conservative activists to uh, slander, discredit, and ultimately, I, I guess, uh, you know, somebody used the phrase, uh, we've claimed a scalp, I said, I think, on uh, social media, you know, to essentially unseat gay and other presidents as well. Um, when they- That was Mara Gay who, at least in my mind, is best known for going on with Brian Williams 
and explaining how Mike Bloomberg could give a million dollars to every American if he wanted to. The math on that wasn't mathing, unfortunately. And it seems like ever since that moment, Jared, she's been on a quest to outdo herself, to go viral for something more stupid than the Bloomberg moment. And I'm here to tell Mara Gay, keep trying. It's it's not going to happen. Bloomberg and Brian Williams and that whole thing where they put up the tweet, that reigns supreme. You're going to have to try even harder. When you're sitting next to Mika Brzezinski, and Mika Brzezinski seems like the brain in that scenario, you've got a problem. But really, when you break down what she's saying, that it's what? that it's conservatives and it's like our fault and we're attacking Claudine Gay. We're trying to discredit her. You know, you know what? You know what I think, Jared? She's not giving Claudine Gay enough credit. Claudine Gay did a lot of this herself. And, and to be fair, giving credit to Claudine Gay is tough because she doesn't give credit to anybody else. You know, she's a big fan of the inadequate citation. But I'm here to tell Mara Gay that you are not going to discredit Claudine Gay. She worked hard to plagiarize. She made her own bed in this situation. For once, she's getting credit for something she actually did. And I'm not going to sit here and let you try to give me credit for her undoing. I don't deserve it. You're not going to give the white woman and the rest of the conservatives slash white supremacists. Because I guess they go hand in hand now. You are not going to give us credit for this disaster. Claudine Gay did this all on her own. And honestly, how dare you? How dare you? You know what it feels like to me? And since I know that... How dare you? The left's always telling me, oh, no, black people, you know, when they talk about Clarence Thomas and, and Ben Carson, they always tell me black people can be racist against black people. Um, so I would like to tell Mara Gay that it seems like you're being racist right now. By you trying to credit Grace Curley and her listeners and people who read Breitbart and people who tune into Newsmax, you're trying to credit us with this instead of crediting the black woman who's responsible for this plagiarism. Guess what I'm hearing right now? I'm hearing the dog whistles, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. 844-500-4242. And it ties in. It ties in to a great tweet from Jonah Goldberg. And I don't say that often. Okay, this is, this is one of those rare moments where I saw this and I thought, he's on to something. And he's talking about how the story is never the story anymore. It's always the reaction to the story. It's always how people are pouncing on it or seizing on it. And it's never the actual problem. And I want to read this. He said, it's so weird when journalists of all people think the motive of the messenger is the real story. How many sources have pure motives? How many journalists? Show me a successful reporter who isn't at least somewhat motivated by ambition or anger or ideology. It doesn't make their reporting wrong. Deep Throat wasn't a super patriotic liberal. He was a vengeful jerk who got passed over. Journalists are supposed to be primarily concerned with the facts. I would just add in here, we know that that is no longer the case and it hasn't been for quite some time. Is the allegation true? Not will this be a win for right-wingers? If Gay hadn't horribly screwed up her congressional testimony and then got caught plagiarizing, 
she'd still be the first black female president of Harvard. What made her accusers successful was that the accusations were, you know, true. Take the L. Meaning take the loss. But of course, that would just be that would just be too simple. That would just be taking the L is really hard. We talked about this yesterday. Like sometimes you, you, you get someone who messes up so so big, so bad that you just got to go, eh, we got to take the L. Or if you're not going to, if you're not going to stop defending the person, you at least have to admit that it's because of something else. And I'll give an example. And I, and I, I did give this yesterday, but I think it plays in. George Santos. Like I won't take the L on that because I see all these frauds in the left. So I will say we'll do a swap. You know, our guy will leave if your guy leaves. One liar for another liar, a George Santos for a Dick Blumenthal. But I'm not outright denying the reality that George Santos is a con artist because that would be stupid. That would make me look dumb. So instead, I say, yeah, he's a liar, but. And you could say that's whataboutism. You could say that's hypocritical. I don't care. Go ahead. But I'm acknowledging at least a tiny bit of reality. And the left just can't do that. So instead of saying, yes, yeah, she plagiarized, yesterday we played a cut from CNN. They're not even using the word plagiarism. They're trying to explain how her plagiarism is somehow better than other people's plagiarism. Like, yeah, she plagiarized, but when she plagiarized, she didn't mean it like the, the way other people mean it. She meant it in the good way. Huh? If I'm someone who got in trouble for plagiarism, <clears throat> Joe Biden... I wouldn't be happy about that. I'd be like, I didn't know there was a good way. Why didn't I get bunched into that? We, we, well, we know why Joe Biden didn't. Because, again, he's a white man. But it all ended up working out okay for him in the long run. Uh, we're going to play more of these cuts because this story just gets better and better. We're also going to talk to Ben Weingarten in the 1 o'clock to break down the DEI component of this. And we're going to take your calls, 844-500-4242. And for my main listeners, we're going to talk to Aaron Chadbourne in the 2 o'clock because I have Aaron in my phone as my contact, Harvard man, Aaron Chadbourne. He's such a proud Harvard grad. He didn't just go to Harvard. He went to Harvard Business School, Harvard Law School. And so he's going to give us his hot take on Claudine Gay's resignation. We'll talk to him at 2 o'clock. But before I get to any of this, Jared, I want to read you the latest headline from the Daily Mail. And this is going to shock you. This is going to shock my listeners. Epstein List Release chaos as Jane Doe 107 is given 30-day extension to prove she'll be in danger in her conservative country if her name becomes public along with 186 others. In other words, we are not getting the list anytime soon. Who would have saw this coming? And you know what I want to get into? I really thought like, oh, Claudine Gay, that's going to be the whole day. But then I almost started the show with something totally different. This Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers feud. I love it. I, I love it for so many reasons. People know I can't stand Jimmy Kimmel. I think Jimmy Kimmel should be at home just thanking the Lord above that he's made so much money, despite the fact that he's not funny at all. But instead, he spent the last couple of years taking digs at Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is a free thinker. And yeah, he's not everybody's cup of tea. He didn't want to get vaccinated. He questioned the vaccines. And you're not allowed to do that in Jimmy Kimmel's wor world. You have to be, you know, you have to be a loyal member of the Democrat Party. You have to parrot the talking points. You have to hate Trump so much 
that you lose your ability to do your job anymore, which at one point his job was to make jokes. He can't do that anymore. And so Jimmy Kimmel has been taking digs at Aaron Rodgers for being a tinfoil hatter, a conspiracy theorist. And so Aaron Rodgers has started taking some digs back at Jimmy Kimmel. Whoa, not allowed to do that. Jimmy Kimmel's big mad. Jimmy Kimmel's upset. Jimmy Kimmel might get lawyers involved. We're going to talk about it. I want to break it down. I want to play some flashbacks for you. But until then, we're going to hold off on that. We're going to play you some sound from the Claudine Gay apologist, apologists in our media. There's so many of them. Can I get Jared? We played Mara Gay. I, I want to get one more. Which one did we play before that? Okay, so let's play five for me, please. And in fact, anybody really who is around my age in their 30s who went to any uh, public, major public university or private university in this country, you know, these are values that are very important. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's why these presidents are under attack. That's why Claudine Gay was under attack. The fact that she's a black woman and the first person uh, who is a a black American to lead Harvard uh, only added to their thirst to dethrone her. And, you know, those attacks, you don't have to I don't have to say that they're racist because you can hear and see the racism, the attacks when people like Vivek Ramaswamy say, uh, you know, uh, okay, this is this is a problem about diversity and hiring. I mean, this is racism as well. Oh, okay. This is real. Everything's racism. When everything's racism, nothing is racism. But was it racism when Liz McGill had to resign? That that's what makes this issue even funnier. Is that there were two other women, one of one of whom resigned before Claudine Gay, who is the president of UPenn, who's white. She's white. So I'm just I'm I'm confused if she gets to use the racism card as well, or obviously not. But how does that make any sense? And really, I I, want to give credit here because it seems like Mara Gay was on, um, as I pointed out, she was on with Morning Joe with Mika Brzezinski, the woman who's like perpetually nodding at all times. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm, Good point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so her cut is obviously getting a lot of attention, but not to be outdone is Mark Lamont Hill. I'm not sure if people saw this. Mark Lamont Hill, who I want to give you a little flashback, just so you know where he stands on all of these important issues like Israel and Hamas and Palestine. This is Mark Lamont Hill from 2018. Cut nine, please. To commit to political action, grassroots action, local action, and international action that will give us what justice requires. And that is a free Palestine from the river to the sea. Thank you for your time. That's part of the reason he's not getting as many gigs on MSNBC and CNN now. But it's also part of the reason why it makes sense he would rush to Claudine Gay's defense. Because he doesn't see anything wrong with her comments at that congressional hearing. And so he tweets out, the next president of Harvard University must, in all caps, must be a black woman. And Jerry Callahan, who I know my listeners are pretty familiar with, he wrote back, okay, you good with Candace Owens? And he writes back, this is the problem. Y'all really think black people are interchangeable. No, Mark. You're the one who thinks black people are interchangeable because you wanted to change 
one black female president for another black female president. That was your suggestion. Jerry Callahan gave you a black woman as a recommendation. I don't even have words to describe how bonkers people have become, where you don't understand that while you're writing it. The next president has to be a black woman. Okay, how about this black woman? Not that black woman, you racist. What do you think? They're interchangeable? Huh? Uh, I feel like that meme where the, the equations are just floating around. I'm like, I'm so, I don't have any words anymore for this. For this level of stupidity. How about the next person just be someone who's, I don't know, good at their job? Is that crazy? I know, because that's racist, too, according to Mara Gay. If you call out the fact that, well, maybe we don't have someone who just checks all the boxes. Maybe we have someone who's the most qualified. Racist. Okay, so I'm at a loss. So what should we do? Should we find uh, another person who is just going to get the job because of their skin color? It didn't really work out the first time around. She made history for having the shortest tenure of any president at Harvard. I wouldn't chalk that up as a major success. But let's do it again, because that's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again. But I know, I know, I'm a racist, and I was involved in the plot in 1997 to have Claudine Gay plagiarize her dissertation. And I take full responsibility for that. The AP is going to find a photo of Chris Rufo in a little devil costume sitting on Claudine Gay's shoulder in 1997. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know you want to. Just click copy and click paste. 844-500-4242. We'll continue to play these. I mean, there's just, there's so many people who are really going with this. They're really going with this idea that it's, it's my fault or it's your fault that Claudine Gay got caught plagiarizing. Run that one by me again. I just don't remember being privy to this information. I don't remember being part of this this plot, this scheme. We'll be right back. And I also, I do want to talk about the the latest. I didn't really spend too much time on this yesterday about the anti-Israel protesters at JFK. But this got me thinking, like, think about January 6th, how quickly that was all not taken care of, but how quickly those people were ID'd and how the, uh, the FBI, Christopher Ray, I mean, his hair was blowing in the breeze. He was running towards us so quick. He couldn't wait the urgency was there. And now with all these anti-Israel protesters who are um, wreaking havoc on freeways and at airports, the FBI, I just don't think they're as, they're, they're not as in a rush as they were when it came to the people going to uh, midnight masses or, you know, the pro-life people or the J6ers. Just something I noticed. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. And when it comes to dentistry, he's the best at what he does. I was talking to a friend of mine over the break about this because she was, you know, mulling it over. She really wanted to get her teeth done. And that's the thing. When people are worried about their teeth, once they say it, you realize it's something they think about all the time. And they're not happy with something, whether they think their teeth look too small, there's too much space in between, or, you know, they don't like the color, or they just just don't want to go in for a cleaning. And I told this friend of mine, I said, go to Dr. Bruce Houghton at Perfect Smiles in Nashua. It's, you know, right off Route 3. It's easy to get to. And you can go at your own pace. Like, you can talk to him. What I find is that when people put off going to the dentist, or when people 
put off, you know, talking to someone about what they want to do with their smile, they get so intimidated and they get so nervous that they're going to go in there and they're going to be, you know, chastised for not taking care of their teeth or they're they're going to be overwhelmed. That's what this team at Perfect Smiles does so well. They're going to take you through this process one step at a time. They're going to hear your individual needs and they're going to work on them and they're going to they're going to get you to your end goal. And this is a perfect time to do it. We're in 2024, baby. So go into this new year with a new smile that you're proud of. They're conveniently located, like I said, right off Route 3. You can reach them at PerfectSmiles.com. That's PerfectSmiles.com. That's also where you can check out the video testimonials. PerfectSmiles.com. Change your smile. Change your life. We'll be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is... Will MIT President Sally Kornbluth resign? No. Uh, no, actually, yes. Yes, I do think she will. Only 38% think she will. 63% think she will not. I'll give more on why I think she will in a little bit, but let's go to David. He's been on the line for a while. Go ahead, David. It's interesting. Harvard students will be penalized for plagiarism, even kicked out of school. Now, here's Claudine Gay who has basically stolen intellectual ideas, intellectual property from 50 places. And it's, it's like the, the color of her skin is not a free pass to steal. And there's two very influential people, Claudine Gay and Elizabeth Warren, have leveraged race to enhance their positions. At Harvard. It seems like it's a patent at Harvard University. Here's Elizabeth Warren using race to influence, to leverage her position to make money, and Claudine Gay. This it speaks for itself. Yeah, and there's a lot of patterns right now at Harvard that I think deserve a second look and maybe some investigations. Thank you, David, for the call. And we are going to talk about this more. We're going to break it down. I can't wait to talk to Ben Weingarten about DEI because I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that this might be the start of the end for the DEI industry, which has proven time and time again to be toxic. And to be detrimental to a lot of businesses, a lot of uh, different industries, a lot of universities, obviously. We'll talk to Ben Weingarten about that. And then later, we're going to get into these anti-Israel protesters and Jimmy Kimmel versus Aaron Rodgers. All that and more when we come back.